Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Rising Laterally podcast. This is Arjun Sachdev. And this is Jay Ballou. We hope you find something here that offers you new meaning or a fresh perspective. If you do, we encourage you to give it life. Be bold. Experiment. And most importantly, bring it into the interactions with the people you surround yourself with. And see what happens. Our guest today is Brian Hines. Brian is building a career coaching company that's designed to steer someone's mindset towards being committed to outcomes of behavior over anything else. He's coaching people to embrace the manifestation mindset, to engage in Dharma conversations, and to realize individual sovereignty. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks, brother. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Honor. Oh, we appreciate it. Um, thank you for spending time as well. So let's start by actually getting into depth of why exactly you're so passionate about this right now. For me personally, I come from uh, a very affluent neighborhood, very affluent backgrounds. And growing up, I was taught from an early age that life was about making a lot of money and moving back to a town similar to the one where I grew up in. And so for me, there were a lot of pressures growing up to, to create that kind of life, to create the kind of life that my parents brought me up in, which was a great life on paper for sure. And um, slowly but surely throughout my, uh, throughout growing up, I, I've, I started to question it here and there. You know, in, in high school, I worked my, my butt off to get into a pretty good school um, because I felt like I wanted to get into finance. That was really important to me, to get into finance. Everybody around me where I lived, uh, my high school, my college, you know, it was either be a doctor, lawyer, get into finance. My dad comes from a finance background. My uncles and aunts come from a finance background. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was that was just something I thought was the next step. I didn't know anything other than that. And so right. when I got to high school, I, I worked my tail off. Unfortunately, you know, I went to a really good uh, public school. It's pretty well known. So again, very grateful for for being able to to have those opportunities, to have those, those some of the geniuses I grew up with from from my high school. Um, to, to push me to get into a great school. Um, and so from there it was, that was the first box checked. And from there I was, I got into, uh, Michigan is where I went to school and okay. little Wolverine, wide, pardon me, a Wolverine right here. Wolverine. Exactly. So Midwest go blue. <laughs> and so from there, you know, I moved into, or I wanted to get into business. And so then I had to apply and get into the business school. So I was another box checked. Mm-hmm. And from there, I wanted to, to get into, um, to get that really great internship on Wall Street and then get the full-time offer. And those were the boxes that the, the, the sacred boxes that everybody wanted to check off yeah. um, from where I'm from. And quite frankly, I wanted something to talk about. I'm the oldest of nine cousins as well. All my cousins are really smart and they're, they, they're doing great things right now too. And so I, again, I just felt like I had a lot to live up to mm-hmm. right. um, like, like, like anybody, but the, the pressures for me were, um, were different in that way. So when I got to, when I got the internship, I realized that I hated it. It just, there were some things that happened that I won't go into now that were a little bit sketchy for me. 
And I just felt like I was putting on a mask all the time. I just didn't know it was a mask. I just knew it felt off. Mm, And yeah. 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 And so from there, I I decided to do a 180 and move from finance into sales. I got, I, everybody I knew uh, had information on finance. I wanted to flip the script. I wanted, and I wanted to get into sales. So I moved out to San Francisco. I didn't want to do the same uh, drug crazed life to take a bunch of drugs to get good grades and then take a bunch of drugs to, to, to go out and party and, yeah, yeah. and live that kind of life. I mean, that, that's what was, if I moved to LA, Chicago or New York to get into finance, that was, it was a continuation of that. Mm-hmm. So I moved out to San Francisco and I, I met a lot of um, really amazing people. As you guys know, uh, living in San Francisco, it's, it's a whole nother vibe. Oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're both from the East coast as you probably know. So uh, we've definitely had that experience of stepping into a new world when moving to San Francisco. Definitely. Exactly. And, and especially with New York, it's even that much more different, right? Things slow down a little bit in San Francisco and yet there's still this aura that there's um, people do want to grow. They just go at it a different way. For sure. Absolutely. Definitely a little different pace for sure. Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, I think for me at that point, you know, I wasn't spiritual. I wasn't, um, I'd probably consider myself at the time an atheist, but I think I just had a big question mark around the whole thing. Like what is life about for me now? Mm. Now I've totally flipped what I believed my world was the world I was creating at the time. And, um, you know, some, from there, I met some amazing people. I, I got into uh meditation, had some some pretty wild experiences that are hard to put into words. And it was just this knowing that, um, you know, I was here to do something other than what I thought I was here to do. Mm, So, um, you know, I teamed up with a lot of great mentors in these areas that challenged me. And I really worked on my inner game over mm. the last five years. And uh, I was a little bit of an enigma with, with my friends. You know, I was, I was doing my own thing. I'd been off social media since 2014. So People didn't really know what was going on with me, and which I liked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's but, a lot uh, less stressful. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot less to, uh, less people to communicate with. At least that's that's the way I was looking at it. Yeah, and less expectation, I think, as well. Um, I'm sure it was painful when you were going through that period of time in New York, where you're like, "Damn, all the things that I had held sacred are not working." So your whole value system kind of gets deconstructed. But it is it is also painful once you've realized that to build it back up. Like it, it's, it's you're, you're free in a sense from something, but I've been in a similar place uh, that, that you have been. And when the slate is completely cleared, you know, there's a weight off your shoulders, but you're also kind of like, well, now I have to, you know, create a whole new target. Definitely. And I, I think it was at that point, things were so certain for me. I saw all the boxes I needed to check. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I saw where I want to move back to and then I reverse engineered. Okay. It's this finance job. It's, it's this, it's going, getting into the school. And when all of that's wiped away, now it's just uncertainty, like all that weights off, mm. but it's, it's the first time of embracing uncertainty. Mm. Um, when, you know, I, I, at times, of course I had here and there, um, and getting nervous around certain things, but, but this is a whole nother ball game. And I think you're exactly right, Jay. And that, there was uh, it, it was the first time of of having to trust at the time it was really hard to but I was forced to really trust 
whatever happens happens. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So from there, I, I, I worked sales at a sales and leadership training company and, um, my role there was to enroll people into year round and year round programs. So I, I ended up connecting with a lot of salespeople on a really deep level daily. You know, that was, mm. that was my role. And, um, I sucked at it at first. Um, like, like everyone does when they first start out something, yeah. but oh yeah, for sure. Um, I slowly learned at the age of 22, 23, how to ask really great questions, how to go deep with people. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to third people in their thirties and forties, uh, about, you know, their wife, their kids, their relationships, not just their sales game, but like their whole life. And, um, I learned a lot in the same time. Integrity had always been important to me growing up. So I'm asking myself the same questions, uh, at the same time. And so from there, my paradigm really started to shift. And a couple of years later, after investing in myself, after going on this inner journey, I came back to Chicago where I'm from originally and really started reconnecting with all my high school friends and college friends. Um, once I had really found a lot of clarity about who I was mm. and I'm realizing, and I had realized over the last year or so that all of my friends have continued go- most for the most part have gone down that similar path that I was going down, checking the boxes, yeah. um, which is totally okay. And I totally understand, but in speaking with them or speaking with a lot of them, um, when we were first starting out, it's easy to say, yeah, man, I really like what I'm doing. Cause it's new. You're in the professional world for the first couple of years. You're getting um, money for the first time. Making yeah. money. Exactly. And you're like, wow, my bank account's zooming up. I can go on vacations, you know, this, this cool guy went to Harvard that's, you know, my colleague. And so it's like, you know, things are new and people really love variety. But at that point I realized that in speaking with them, they were starting to get real and they're like, I don't like what I want, what I like or what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're confused and I, I, uh, I sympathize with them. And so, you know, that's, that's the, long-winded answer to at that point i realized that coming back um, there are a lot of people that are really special to me that are in pain mm. and during my time in speaking with salespeople, sales leaders for the first few years out of out of college my professional life like they had a lot of the same sort of problems in this lack of fulfillment area um and and there's there was a lot of um they felt lost. Yeah. And so I think on, on paper, everything looks really good. Uh, everything sounds really good. They feel like they should feel good, but they don't. And so right now I, I just feel like it's time. I've been really, really grateful for whatever reason uh, to have been surrounded by some amazing leaders that have asked me some deep questions. And I think it's, it's, it's my time to, to be able to, to share those questions and share those experiences and help people um, find what life is really about for them outside yeah. of the paradigm that they're brought up in. Absolutely. And, and get them to think about their desires and get them to, as you say, trust and actually surrender. And so like when I think about manifestation, that's what I think about is like, you know, desires and unblocking and blocking. What is manifestation? When you, when you, say, when you hear that word, what does it mean to you? Manifestation to me is the public display of emotion and or it's something that we imagine that's theoretical that's made real 
And so I think both parts of the definition are really important. It's something that we feel really connected to, a vision that we feel connected to um, way out in the future. And it's, and it's creating that. And I think um, the emotion's really important. And using our imagination and having the childlike mind is really important to, to create that sort of life. Yeah, you're literally creating the life, right? And so, I mean, just to share a personal example, when I was leaving the corporate world, people were like asking me, what are you going to do? And my answer was, I'm just going to let life manifest itself. And what I was trying to say there was like, I'm going to try to figure out how do you take a thought? You know, how how am I going to take what I'm noticing and bring it to reality? You know, it's like there's these exercises that you can do when it comes to manifestation mindset like where you just kind of write your feelings for like five minutes. What do you want to bring to life? And that's the start of how you start this mindset. And it's about taking these small actions and then like learning how to guide yourself through all the situations, which I still struggle with. Right. And so this, this is the, the, the mindset that I think that where are, wherever you are, um, you can start to implement because it's literally just how do you take what you're feeling and what you're aligned with internally and make it a reality. 100%. And I, I think the, the, the most important piece of that is getting clear on what is our internal reality. Um, mm. Because I feel you know, when we're younger, and I know you guys speak about this a lot, but when we're younger, uh, our reality is internal, meaning that we use our imagination a lot when we're younger. And so that imagination is our reality. Then when we hit a certain age, our external reality controls controls our feelings inside or tends to after that. And so for me, it's been a lot of deprogramming internally, mm-hmm. uh, those programs that I was brought up with and having a childlike mind to, to hit the reset button, essentially, um, and, and, and create a clean slate. And that's where the fun happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd like to rewind to something you said earlier uh, when you were talking about what manifestation means to you, you know, the public display of emotion. I think maybe the difference between manifesting as an adult versus sort of having that that lighthearted, open-minded imagination as a kid is now as an adult, you're actually empowered to really do things and like bring new things into the world. And the the price of that is being who you are with other people, even in situations where there may be some friction there, where it may be painful. Like you can't really do anything unless you're going to be open to bringing other people into your world, bring new people into your world, bring a new version of yourself into those interactions. And that's something I think that people can get really blocked around. You know, I've certainly been blocked around that, you know, in, in, in terrible ways uh, in my mid twenties for sure. Ditto. Ditto, brother. Ditto. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're exactly right. And I think that's what makes the journey so fun, too. Because when you're younger, um, you, you have the imagination, but you don't know what to do with it. And then when you get older, all you're doing is doing without yeah. clarity on the internal stuff. So you, the integration of the two um, is essential for manifestation. It, it's both are really important. Um, and it's why, again, the, the journey is really fun and it can happen whenever, you know, you know, once, once you're, you, you, it can happen when you're younger or it can happen when you're older. Um, it's just a matter of being aware that you have a choice 
mm-hmm. to create something like that. But totally. you're exactly right, brother. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's follow the fun. I mean, anytime you hear someone who's <laughs> successful or older, they usually say like, hey, just follow the fun and that'll kind of lead you to where you're going to be most successful naturally. Um, and Jay, you had mentioned, you know, bringing people into your circle or into your world. Um, that's actually a huge part of manifestation. Uh, something I learned listening to Lacey Phillips expanded podcast is that you need to have expanders in your life. If you want to manifest something, you need to start surrounding yourself with people that are actually doing the thing that you want to do. So let's say you want to be a successful investor. You want to surround yourself with top-notch investors so that they can show you what they're doing. If you want to be a successful coach, you know, surround yourself with better coaches. If you want to be a successful podcast host, like surround yourself with hosts that are actually running successful podcasts. And what's happening is that your brain is seeing this and it's creating new neurons and that's going to reprogram and actually allow you to achieve the desire. So bringing in the right people in a manifestation mindset, if you're aware of it, is it's critical for you to actually achieve what you want in reality. For sure. An environment is so, 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 so important. And when you take a look at, for me, it, it was something I experienced um, in, in moving out to San Francisco. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, my standards are higher. Uh, the people I'm surrounding myself with are, are decades older than me and offer me this amazing wisdom. And, you know, I saw that and I, it, it definitely raised my standards and it definitely raised my, uh, I shouldn't say raised my values, but changed my values too. And looking into the science of it, you know, we're, we're 11 trillion cells vibrating at a certain frequency. And what, what ends up happening is that when we're placed into an environment and there's plenty of experiments about this. I know Bruce Lipton does this, uh, Joe Dispenza does this. Mm. Uh, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. And, you know, if you take, for example, a, a, uh, a stem cell, right. And you put it into a, a skin cell environment, it'll transform into a skin cell. It'll transform into its environment. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to, to, to think about life as one big, beautiful game of energy is is extremely important in that way because it it as we're placed into it it does shift um our vibration our our energetic and you're exactly right it, in order to in order to shift the the subconscious which as you guys know is it controls on average for the average person 95% of our life our paradigm which we mm-hmm. grow up in um it, it takes constant repetition over and over and over and over again uh consciously and being around those sorts of environments changes our frequency changes our paradigm changes our beliefs and it changes our actions and results as a result exactly right, right. definitely yeah and i think sometimes when it's not working it's like you're like you know you're a stem cell that wants to be a blood cell but you're an environment of skin cells and they're like trying to turn you into a skin cell too. And you're like, no, I know that's not my destiny. And I feel like, you know, when you're surrounded by people, maybe in a work environment, that's not appropriate for you. There's a very fixed culture in those, in every environment. And and if you know internally that you're not, you know, the things that are the kind of jokes that are being made or the kind of things that people are placing interest on or the kind of the values that are being subliminally communicated in conversation, if you know, that's not where your head's at, you know, you're always going to have that kind of inner discord. One thing I realized is that I didn't even know that 
these were laws of the universe. You know, I didn't know that these were things. And, and once you're aware of those things, like something feels off, but again, you don't realize that you have a choice then. And it takes someone to ask a big question to shift your paradigm and realize, well, damn, I do have a choice. And so, you know, if you're a skin cell in a blood cell environment, then, you know, it's, you, you feel um, something, again, something does feel off, mm-hmm. but unless something's there to shift your paradigm, that's when, you know, I, I sympathize with those people for sure. Um, because I've, I've been there and you're exactly right. For sure. Yeah. And with the frequency, um, comment that you'd made earlier, I, I believe in that too. That's why part of manifestation and the mindset is around, you have to just kind of really keep thinking about and talking about the things that are going in your going your way, the things that are working for you, the things that you're really thriving on. And the more you talk about it, the more you think about that, the more good comes your way. And so, I mean, that's personally something that has helped me. I know I've gone through some periods of just like negative thought loops. And for me, one way to get out of it is other than talking to people uh, about it and getting some help from like people I trust. Um, it's a, it's like just thinking about like what's actually working for me. And all of a sudden you just kind of start to notice like there's so many good things. And to your point around awareness, you kind of just open your mind around like there are these all, all these good connections happening. There's all these signs that are coming my way. And so that's just one way to flip the script and flip the frequency. You're exactly right. At the end of the day, life is all about what you choose to focus on. And so no matter how much money you have, no matter all the great stuff you have on paper, warriors will always find something to worry about. Mm. You know, uh, people will always find something to be anxious about in the future. And if you're holding on to something in the past, you know, you're not going to focus on all the amazing stuff you have. And I mean, as you guys know, we, we live in, we live in a place where no one's starving and, uh, or very few people are starving, I should say, but on I average, say, I look outside in San Diego, there's a bunch of people that are possibly starving. <laughs> totally fair enough. But, but like with you and I, we could be in more of a suffering state than they are. Mm. All because of what we choose to focus on. You know, I've met plenty of homeless people in that moment that are obviously focused on that day. They have a smile on their face. Mm. And, you know, sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, did I smile today? Yeah. There there have been times where where I've had weeks (laughs) where I'm like, did I really smile today? And so, you know, my reason for sharing all that is that, you know, there are some people in the world that that are focused on all the amazing things in their life, despite having to worry about um, where their next meal is coming from. Right. Or, or they're not worried about it. They're like, it'll just come. They just trust. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, it's, it's, it's being aware that we do have a choice and it's uh, and then it's making that choice. So mm-hmm. you're, exa- yeah. you're exactly right though. Yes. There are people starving in the U S for sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think it is an interesting. Those are all really interesting thoughts, and I think it to tie it in more explicitly to the inner world, outer world dichotomy that we've talked a lot about on the show. I think most of the ways that we suffer now, like people like you know you and I and and Arjun and many of the people in our lives that are fortunate enough to have a lot of to have stability and have a lot of the basic needs met, a lot of the ways we suffer is just 
by putting our hopes on outer world goals without really asking like why we want those things. We just focus on the house. It's like, I want this thing in the outer world. I want this title or I want this possession or I want this recognition from someone. How do I get it? How do I get it? How do I get it? Not like, why do I want it? And if you start pulling at the why thread, you know, you might get some interesting answers and you might even find out that you don't need it, you know? So I think it's important to ask not just how do I get what I want, but why do I want what I want, you know? 100%. And that's the thing too, is what I've seen in sales time and time again, and it's why it's so, for me, glaring in sales is that um, salespeople are, for the most part, in control of how much they earn. You know, once you get a certain point and you're in a closing role, you're pretty much you have a good amount of control of how much you earn, depending on how your commission structure is set up. But what I hear all the time is they, they have a number, they have a certain amount of money they want to make. Let's say it's uh, for a round number $500,000, right? They want to make $500,000. And what I hear time and time again is the lot of top producers is either they hit that number and they feel empty for a reason I'll get into it a second or they fall short of that number. And in both cases, they feel empty because as you mentioned, they don't know why they want to earn $500,000. Why 500? Why not 450? You know, they're, they're just, they're picking at certain numbers that sound really good in their heads and mm-hmm. feel like this will fill them up. Uh, but in reality, you know, your wire on how much money you want to make is, is just a piece of the pie. It's just a piece of the piece of the why. And you're exactly right. You know why a lot of people have trouble getting out of bed in the morning, in my experience, is what do you focus on when you're getting out of bed? Are you taking a look at your calendar, looking at all of the shit you need to do that day? Or are you focused on why you're doing what you're doing, the impact you're here to make? And for a lot of people, they're not even clear on what that why is. And so their whole world is just focusing on the what and the how, Mm -hmm. to your point, Mm is just focusing on what they deem the grind. But the process and the grind um, and the grind is so much more fun. You enjoy the process um, so long as you are clear on that why and you're clear on what those things. And at the same time, you're expressing your gifts, the things that bring you energy and make an impact on others as much as possible in that role. Mm. So I think both of those things are really important and the why that you bring in, you're exactly right, James. It's so, so important. The the what and the how are are definitely a part of the puzzle, but they're dead ends if you focus on just that. Just like Mm. if you just focus on a number. Exactly. And that scorecard, like that number is always moving. I mean, when you were younger, $20 must have could have felt like five hundred thousand dollars to you, right? So it's like you're always moving that score, you know, that goalpost. So you're always just going to keep chasing that. Um, and it's interesting because when you keep asking why, I also think that it helps uncover your fulfillment needs and like you realize where there are gaps. And once you get your fulfillment needs down, then it's a lot easier to operate because you're like, all right. I'm going to approach this situation and I'm going to see, does it hit these five fulfillment needs? Oh, it doesn't. Then I'm not even going to deal with it. Even with like people, you can just deal with it in terms of relationships. So I think asking why can uncover some fulfillment needs and, you know, you're going to always be moving that, that's that goalpost. And as you mentioned, like if you actually have your, why more of your gifts are coming out as opposed to just your talent. Like, you know, many people, many people are talented at sales, but, 
are they actually bringing their gift into every conversation? Are they bringing their gift out and like the interactions that they're having? So it's an interesting concept to think about. Definitely brother. And, and it's re- it is really interesting because over time, you know, I was, I'll speak from my experience. I got pretty talented at finance. You know, I was pretty talented at finance over and over again um, because that's what had been hammered home for me. I learned a lot about finance growing up, just being around my dad and definitely wasn't the top of my class, but could definitely hold a conversation with just about anyone um, when it, when it came to finance, but that was a talent that had some, that was something I had acquired over time. And gifts are those things that come, uh, it feels like life is flowing through you and while, while they're happening and they just happen to make an impact on others too. And so gifts are meant to be expressed to the world, just Mm. like, you know, an acorn is meant to be expressed as an oak tree, you know, our, our gifts, where we fit into the world um, are really important to be expressed and people miss out if you're not expressing your gifts. And more than that, it's really hard to enjoy the process if you're just, if, if all of your activities are being driven by your talents, they're being driven by your gifts and you're using your talents to bring more people into your gifts. That's, that's a really fulfilling life too. Um, But you're exactly right. Is, is just working in our talents is, ends up feeling like a dead end, ends up feeling like a lack of fulfillment and um, you're spot on there. Totally. So you mentioned uh, when you moved into the sales role in San Francisco that you developed a knack of connecting with people. I think that would probably fit. I think that would fit in the gift category. I mean, I guess what advice could you give to salespeople or people in a corporate role about connecting human to human with other people in the business context. Cause I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty hard thing to do for a lot of people. In sales, it's, it's really easy when you're first starting out too to make the deals just about you because you feel like you have so much to prove at the beginning. Cause you're like, they're literally like, all right, here you go. And in a month we're going to, we're going to do some rankings And, you know, you don't want to be, you want to be number one or you want to be number two or number three. You don't want to be at the bottom of the ranking, especially when you're starting out. So you feel from the get-go that there's this pressure to close business, close deals. And it's, it's really a stigma that I totally understand. I've been there. Uh, But when you're first starting out, that's what life's about for you. And so what ends up happening is you make each deal about you at the end of the day. And you, as much as you try, because you hear it's a good idea to make the sale about other people, uh, salespeople especially are really short-sighted because they've got to hit a number by the end of the month. They've got to hit a number by the end of the three months, and they don't really have the patience to, to really connect with somebody. So you're exactly right, and I think that is the stigma. What I would say is, is like some of these other things, like just living in your talents, when you're making it about you, um, that might give you the win in the, in the short run, like might give you the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the long run, you'll slowly realize as you experience, like that's a dead end too. And so what I would say is, is really get clear on what do I love about my job? What do I love about this product? What do I love about my sales culture? And really use the word love there. Um, not what can I get out of it? But what do I love about it? 
and what's the impact I'm here to make. And once you really start focusing on those things, you'll salespeople tend to be in a rush when they hop on the phone and they make it about you. They start talking quicker or make it about them. Pardon mm-hmm. me. They start talking quicker. They start, um, you know, they start trying to get to the end really quick. They become a lot less curious and a lot more telly. They like to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've realized in connecting with people is great sales is all about asking really great questions. Mm-hmm. And whenever you feel a moment where I, I always did this with myself to, to really find my growth edge, whenever I feel like I've gone deep enough, I always tell people, I always tell clients, and I always tell myself, N plus one, can I ask one more deep question? Mm. And what I found is, is the more curious you get, the more you make it about them because they start talking and it builds trust over time. And I feel act, asking questions is the easiest way to build that connection um, because it comes from a straight place of curiosity and not even thinking about the end result. And it's enjoying the process too uh, of really being able to connect with them. That's when sales gets fun, when you really make it about them and get curious. Um, but it's so hard at first, again, because they have a number to hit. And mm-hmm. so I, I get why when, when, when you're released in the real world and you're an SDR, you're an AE, um, why you'd make it about you too. But, but that switch, the quicker you can make that switch, the lot more life starts to flow, as I mentioned earlier. No, absolutely. Um, like you definitely have to also bring value to the table and develop trust that way. And asking the right questions, to your point, like helps with that. And I would want to add one thing too, you know, you, you were saying, you know, um, ask yourself these three questions and put the word love in front of it. I would also say, do the opposite. What do you dislike? Because then again, that gives you the complete picture of your fulfillment needs. And then that gives you the clarity um, to like actually move forward and see if you can actually trust that the universe is going to work in your favor. And you know, if it's the right time to make any changes, I feel like right now is that time of year where there are people that may have been at a company for five, six, seven years they're figuring out if they really want to stay there. They may be waiting for last year's bonus to hit. So we're in this season right now where people might be questioning their why and what they're doing every single day. And so, yes, definitely think about what you love, but also think about what you don't like. Yeah, and you can get, you're exactly right. I mean, you, you can get just as much uh, information about asking the opposite as well. It is really important to focus on the good stuff, but I think like 20% of the time, it's okay to focus on, you know, what stuff is is not going so great so that you're aware of the full picture to your point. Yeah. And if it's like the, the if you're figuring out what you love about it and the answer is nothing, then it's like, okay, then it's time to move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I think you could get to the same answer either way, but I if you're just asking one or the other, but having the full scope too is for sure. For sure. One question I came across recently, I wish I knew earlier was like, what, how can I unleash my creativity right now? So if I'm sitting in this situation, is there a way for me to unleash my creativity? And that also might help guide your inner dialogue with yourself. So what are actually some ways you're unleashing your creativity? Definitely. Um, it's a great question too, because I've, I've been put into uh, a position right now where I'm finally a creator, um, not only in, uh, like overall in, a, in an absolute sense of like realizing I'm a creator of my own life, 
but in my business too, like it's the first time I put my creator hat on since, and I, I tell pe- people this a lot since I was in school writing, writing, you know, my political science paper my senior year. So like that was the last time I actually created something myself. Other than that, I've been selling um, someone else's product. And so I've been able to, to build the product and then use my gifts and, and some of my talents as well to, to really express that to the world. So for me, it's, it's really getting clear on uh, how, how, how to be more creative is, is, is how I mentioned before. It's, it's getting clear on what are my gifts? What are my gifts to express to the world? And what does the world need right now? too. And so, um, from there, I, it involves a lot of, um, involves a lot of sitting. It involves a lot of meditation. And as someone who likes to hit, um, outcomes and, and for the day, you know, I feel like it's, it's important to, to have outcomes for the day, but from the creative perspective, um, you can't look at it that way. You know, it's important to have deadlines but it's also really important to let them flow when they come out. And so I think when I'm most creative is when I'm trusting myself the most and flowing from that place. And so again, it usually involves uh, contemplation. It usually involves me turning off a lot of electronics. And you know what I've said is uh, when I'm in the lab, it's on the meditation bench behind me. It's in this seat with my electronics off and it's, it's at the park down the road. Um, nice. as well as some other places outside. So it's, uh, the environment's so, so important for me. Yeah, no, I think it's important to have time throughout the day where you really tap into deep work. Uh, I heard this phrase recently. I think we go through our days open to the distractions around us when we leave our phones on or leave our messenger on, on our computers or don't really have like a really structured schedule. But I think carving out like three or four. I mean, imagine if you carved out three or four hours and you you said, I'm going to do nothing but this single task. I really don't think people schedule their life like that. I think there's just so much task switching that uh, we rob ourselves of that deep focus when you have the blinders on and you're narrowly focused on a single thing. I mean, I think the, the, the productivity levels and the creativity levels when you're in that mindset or just like sky high, like if you're constantly getting interrupted right as you're coming into that flow, right as you're starting to receive the gift from the nothingness from the universe, it's just all that stopping and starting is, is just not a really great way to manifest. 100%. And I think a lot of people feel that the answer to your point is waking up in the morning from the second they wake up to the moment they go to bed is to fill the space. Like how can I fill, be as most efficient as possible in filling this space? And I think that there are sometimes days where you need to have that. I think there's balance with everything. Um, but definitely, definitely, definitely not all the time. And I always invite people to do exactly that, to just block off three hours. You can even make it a me time. And what's interesting is when you're alone and making it your me time and and walking is when the inspiration comes up because... Um, it gives you that space where clarity has uh, arises, um, that clarity and creativity. So I, I, I totally agree with you, Jay. Yeah, nice. 
why do you think that the best answers or ideas are coming in at 2 a.m.? You know, it's like <laughs> because you finally have been able to like shut down for a few hours and you're just maybe laying there in the middle of the night. You're like, oh, my God, that's a brilliant idea. I got to write this or like that's a great phrase. I got to write this. I mean, the ideas come to you when you're not always busy. I mean, especially in sales, when it's go, go, go. And a lot of salespeople are ADD and um, and they feel like that if they, they don't feel like they're in constant anxiety, in a constant state of anxiety, then they feel like they need to get into a constant state of anxiety because they're yeah. judging themselves that they don't, that they're not in that state. Um, you know, I, there's less is more so much of the time. And that's, that's definitely been a huge learning for me over the last five years. So is that who you're primarily focused on with your coaching business? Uh, let's talk about, you know, what you're trying to do there. I know you're talking about like an evergreen coaching program. Do you just want to primarily focus on helping salespeople? What are your plans around that? Yeah, right now it's salespeople. And I think it's, it's, um, ultimately I'd like to, I, I have plans. I have, I have plans that I'm willing to scrap long-term, uh, for uh, depending on what life is calling for me calling me to, to do, but I, uh, right now it is salespeople and that's, that's my niche market right now. And again, I, I think it's because so many, um, salespeople have been fed the lie over and over again that, you know, money equals happiness. And it's such a cliche, but a lot of people say that cliche aloud, um, over and over again. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. But then their actions tell a different story because that's what their paradigm was growing up in one way or another. You know, with salespeople, you, it, salespeople, if you don't grow up around a lot of money at all, and sales gives you the opportunity to make as much money as possible, you're like, I want to rewrite my script. So I'm going the opposite direction of how I grew up. And so that's their paradigm is to not be that way. You know, for me, it was uh, originally it was I want to be that way. And so sales, I think it's really easy to um, grasp and want to reach for the material. And those things are okay, but I've found that uh, over and over again, it's uh, they're dead ends, and it's it's for the reason that Jay brought up earlier is is the why piece is really important. So yeah, right now focused on sales, I do work with um, coaches as well. So coaches that are that either want to get better at sales or just want to up level their mindset so that they can really put themselves out there as well. Um, but it's really those two areas at the moment. And eventually, I'd love to get into the financial industry as well. It's just something I'm a little less privy to at the moment, and I, I just feel called to called to help people in in the sales world, sales and leadership world. It definitely helps if you're doing it too, or if you've done it right. You can create that immediate connection and just be more of your authentic self as you coach people through situations. That's that's a, that 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 makes sense to to aim and target the salespeople. Hundred percent. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, I think uh, kind of goes back to the the skin and uh, skin cell analogy. You know, you got to be in that environment to be able to impart uh, wisdom on other people. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's uh, it, it's definitely, especially right now with um, you know a lot of a lot of sales right now is about being in the environment and coming into the sales environment, the cold calling environment. And a lot of people just don't have that right now. And I think it's, it's, um, you know, I, I've always said this, especially with COVID in that, um, you know, when, 
when you have your home, you're able to escape your home life to go to work. And then when you come home, you're able to escape your work life by coming home. But when they're both combined, you have nowhere to escape from those various, because I feel like we're always, especially with salespeople, yeah. we're always trying to escape. Like this is the grind and this is where I'm going, just going to rest. And now rest. And now when people are working from home, especially in a sales environment and they need to hustle at home, I feel like their lack of fulfillment staring them in the face and they have nowhere to escape to. And I think this is true for everybody who's working from home, but it's, uh, it's definitely a time with salespeople, especially where they feel really isolated and very disconnected from life. And I think it's because they have nowhere to hide now from their fulfillment, from their la- or lack of fulfillment. And that was a place that I was in. Um, and so I know, cause I've been there a few years back. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the situation with COVID and the lockdown and working from home, it, it's detrimental psychologically just because of what you just said, but hopefully, you know, we can kind of get out of it. Um, but yeah, when I think about this conversation, I think uh, about, you know, like it's time to, if you're, trying to get into the manifestation mindset think about desires think about who your expanders are and think about how to be more creative and follow the fun those i think are some of the takeaways uh that i have from this conversation what about Definitely, you guys brother i think for me it's it's uh, number one life is all about what you focus on or what you choose to focus on and if you're listening to this right now you do have a choice um, cause everybody does. And so you can choose to, to focus on everything you don't have or focus on the stuff that you do have. And I, I think what a lot of people are lacking is they don't know where they want to go. And so it's, it's really important to get clear on some of these things, simple stuff like, um, you know, what, what do I love? What brings me joy? What am I good at? And, and really, what does the world need right now? And I think if you answer those questions and what sort of impacts you're here to make, I think life gets a lot more fun. And the best part about those questions is if you're getting answers and you're like, wow, I'm in the spot that I'm supposed to be, then like double thumbs up. Good for you. That's great. Continue to do what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you could be manifesting from anywhere. You don't have to be, you know, in the cubicle or not. That's not the point of this conversation. The point of the conversation is how do you get into the mindset? And so, yeah, those are, those are critical questions for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think just being in the mindset of asking yourself questions, that's my takeaway. You know, if something is not working, then start with a question. That's it. Or everything, everything is working, you know, and you want to double check, start with the question and get yourself two thumbs up, whatever, whatever the outcome, <laughs> it always starts with a question. <laughs> yeah, totally. definitely. And I, I totally agree with that. And what, what I've come to find too is, and you guys know this, but uh, you know, our minds is this problem solving device. And so if there's a storm in our mind, there's a storm in our external world, no matter what's written on paper, no matter how much money you have. Right. And so I think to your point, Jay, life gets a lot more exciting when you start feeding your brain empowering questions to answer rather than disempowering questions to answer. Mm. And so if you're asking yourself, what's wrong with my life right now, or how could this go wrong? 
you know, if, if you want to, if you want to interview for a management role and you're like, all right, I, I want to interview for a management role. And then, you know, your what I call the parasite kicks in and asks the disempowering questions. Okay. How could this go wrong? What in the past could I latch on to that would keep me from taking action? You know, well, I did this, this, and this in the past. I failed this, this, this way in the past. If instead you ask yourself, why do I deserve this? Um, the conversation gets a lot more interesting. And I think you're exactly right. Life is, you know, to shift that focus is, is you're exactly right. Is, is what sort of questions or what empowering question can Mm. I ask myself right now? For sure. The the interesting thing about that is when, let's say you're really trying to adopt this mindset, like you are naturally going to go through fear and insecurity because you're like, developing a whole new value system so it's interesting because you're going to be going through fear and insecurity so like expect that so brian to your point it's like expect that that's going to happen and just start asking your the the empowering questions like this is going to happen you're going to feel fear you're going to feel insecure when you start to adopt this mindset but if you start to do the things that we just talked about it's really empowering you start to create the world that you want Definitely. And I think when that fear and insecurity comes up, you know, I mentioned our paradigm, like this is our baseline. This is what, this is what we've been taught. And so what happens is, is when we start to move out of that paradigm, get out of our comfort level, um, the fear is there to try to get us back into our original paradigm. But if you get curious around it, just like you're in order to connect to, to a prospect, you know, you, you get curious and ask them questions. If you get curious around that fear, that's how we shift our paradigm, um, because then that's when we start taking action. And so you're exactly right. Naturally, the fear is trying to bring us back to our paradigm, you know, for paradigms here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's why a lot of people find themselves uh, constantly spinning their wheels because they're always ending back in the same place. And it's because they're, they, they take those thoughts as facts. Exactly right. So someone I value sent me an article yesterday around this, around getting over your fear. And basically it was like, have fun with it, you know? So go ahead and make that extra big pancake. You know, why don't you close your eyes and draw? And all of a sudden you're kind of pushing the frontier of fear. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, it's not so bad. So have fun with fear. I thought that was an interesting shift in perspective to just be like, hey, it's not that, it's not that serious or it's not that that big of a deal for me to be fearful this much about, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And and also just know like it's, it's natural, you know, when you really look into it and um, you know, if you sit enough, if if you, you know, if you sit in meditation enough, or if you sit there enough, you'll realize that these are just parts of you um, that want to stay safe. And so if you look at it as like a friend, it's like, okay, like, how would you tell a friend that's freaked out um, what, what to do? And it's, you'd, you'd want to probably invite them in, invite them in for tea. So if you invite those fears in for tea, as, as some of my Zen friends call it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you're right, it's, you're having fun with it. You're introducing yourself to it. You're loving on it instead of pushing it away. And it's, it's definitely a part of you that that uh that wants to be loved because it's a part of you Mm. definitely love that love your fears that's awesome i mean that's a great way to you know wrap this conversation up i think it's been fantastic brian we're gonna uh put in the show notes how people can follow you uh you're pretty active on linkedin 
and then uh, obviously Brian Brian Hines coaching. Um, that's what you do. So we'll make sure people know about that. But we appreciate you being here. Yeah, awesome guys. It's been it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure, and uh, love jamming with you guys. Really appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Thank Brian. If you enjoyed this episode, you can sign up for the Rising Weekly newsletter sent out each week. Every Friday, we expand on the episode with insights, recommendations, and more. You can sign up at risinglaterally.com. Thank you.